Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, D. Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now, for today's show, let's get started. Good afternoon, folks. This is Dave Thompson. I am your host this afternoon. You have, well, joined us here at Podbean Live. This is our program, Beyond Clean with Ace. We have been trying to, well, broadcast every afternoon, but you may have noticed I've been a little absent on the air over the last, well, maybe 10 days. And the reason is, is because we have been conducting our professional development classes here through remote learning out of Orlando. It has been one heck of an April. And uh, here the last day of the month, I have a special guest with us. We're just going to have a general conversation this afternoon. Two good guys just talking about whatever hits our brain. Mike Seebeck, are you on the line with me? I am, David. How are you today? We're doing real well here. Um, let's see. Uh, where are you at these days? I know that you're usually on the road, but with this stay-at-home stuff, are are you at home in New Jersey or what? I am, I am at home in New Jersey and um, very anxious to get back on the road again. <laughs> so uh do you have the family there or are you all by yourself like i said dave that's why i'm anxious to get back <laughs> yeah everybody's here uh, uh my son's still down at clemson and he will be joining us shortly only to return down to south carolina and quite frankly i wouldn't mind getting quarantined down there in your neighborhood as the weather is much nicer uh, well, you know, the thing about it is, is, you know, everybody has talks about that, but you know, my wife has been, uh, out of work. She works at universal. She's been out of work for uh, several weeks and she's been at home too. So the, the only problem is we can't even go to the pool. The pool is closed. It's quarantined. You can't go to the beach, you know, uh, unless you're a resident there and you can't sunbathe. So, you know, I'm not sure being in Florida is all that great. Well, that's a good point, but it is still not quite 48 degrees and raining and gray every day, which it, it's really been a particularly cool and damp uh, spring. And, um, you know, all of that's going to change, including the fact that speaking of pools and, and outdoor activities and universals, you know, we start, have, we start having to look at a game plan for getting everything back operational again, because this clearly can't continue indefinitely. Well, it's interesting you say that because that's one of the topics I wanted to talk about this afternoon because that is, you know, the, uh, I say the lockdown, the stay at home is relaxing uh, starting Monday here in Florida. Many states, the stay at home orders uh, go out of effect uh, because it's the last day of the month. And uh, this is what we're all thinking about. So, you know, one of the things I want to talk about this afternoon and and I don't know, you might want to just join in where you find it appropriate is, 
the biggest thing that I see that everybody's talking about is restaurants. You know, that going out to eat thing again. You got any viewpoints on that before I get off on my tangent? Um, other than the fact that I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. Um, and I think that the business owners are going to have to consider the perception that their places are safe and take um, overt and very visual measures to provide that degree of confidence. Um, I, I think that we have to look at that as an extremely important market segment to get back open again. Well, you know, Mike, as you say that, you know, I, I'm looking at, you know, of course, here at the Academy, we write protocols and we have cert uh, certifications for people in the cleaning industry. And over the last 30 days, over, well, close to 350 people have taken different individual courses, classes with us. We have been doing our remote learning, which is nothing new to us here at the Academy. We've been doing it for several years. We've been doing remote learning uh, with people from Hawaii to Bermuda to um, British Columbia, Ontario, and, you know, the lower 48 states, as they say. And I think one of the interesting things whenever I talk about this is they come in for one education and then they find out there's others. But the one that we're working on currently, so if you're listening to this on a recorded version or live with us to this afternoon on Podbean, we're working on a protocol for these restaurants because, as you said, Mike, they're going to have to do something. But do these restaurant people, I mean, historically, we've looked at them and go, these aren't the healthiest places to be. How are they going to know what to do? Well, David, I don't think there's any um, factual set of steps that are clearly defined and understood right now. It's going to be a work in process and a development, but clearly the process of doing things to give people confidence to come back, that you're taking action and providing them with an environment to come and enjoy their establishment and feel safe about it, or at least relatively safe about it in the sense that you know, we're dealing with viruses here. We've, we've dealt with the flu and various versions of the flu for years. And if it's not COVID-19 this year, it's going to be something a couple of years down the road that we'll be dealing with again. So in, in saying that, what I'm thinking is that, you know, maybe some of the procedural steps they take in terms of um, how they treat surface areas and stuff in between diners is going to have to, you know, step it up a notch, you know, rather than just a wipe down, they might have to use a, um, an infection control protocol that requires, you know, a little more diligence. And, and I think that that will um, help people feel better about coming back to establishments, knowing that these actions are being taken. One of the things you've always felt good about, in going to a healthcare facility, you always felt that a healthcare facility, while being literally a uh, a center that so that that draws people with ailments into, you know, takes very strong and effective measures um, in their infection control. I think many, perhaps all businesses, are going to have to look at it through that lens now. Well, you just jumped from restaurants to healthcare to now all businesses, Mike. Uh, we've had a challenge in this industry to get anybody to pay attention to anything. And now you just 
went completely haywire on us. Well, David, actually, uh, what has definitely happened in the last couple of months here is that this whole topic has taken a, um, a change in location from being conducted behind the dumpster in the back of the building to uh, in the front offices. People are looking at what they're doing and how they're doing it, and they're really conscious of how much impact it's going to have on getting people back into their establishments, regardless of the nature of business conducted there. So you said you're one of the people that wants to get to a restaurant and stuff. So you have mentioned this afternoon that you would like to know that the establishment has done something. What are you going to look at? So you're a patron. You're going to go to a restaurant. Give me a view, Give me through your eyes a viewpoint of what are you going to look for? What do you expect before you decide that that's where you're going to go? You know, Dave, that's a great question. And um, while I am um, an extremely, extremely small sample size, and quite frankly, I don't even know specifically. Like I said, I, I just think you have, what I think they, the restaurants are going to have to do is take steps to, you know, instead of just wiping down surfaces in between diners, maybe use um, a more infection control type of protocol, the kind that you've been teaching people in environmental um, services for years. So, so my point, though, Mike, is, is this. I understand that that's what we're thinking, but as a patron, before I make a choice to go in there and eat my pizza or have my chicken wings or have a burger or even a fine dining, how am I going to know that they're done other than they just say, well, you know, we sanitize better than we did before? What are you looking for? You know, Dave, honestly, um at a loss for words in the sense that that is a great question. And, you know, I'd almost basically punt by throwing it back to you and say, as someone who's taught this and trained people professionally in all different um, situations, what would you look for? Well, this is, a, this is exactly the reason I want to have a conversation with you this afternoon, because I think this is a quandary that I'm feeling because you know, what I'm getting is people that are asking, do you have a protocol so that we can, as you just said, step it up? And so my return back to them is, what are you willing to do? And what do your customer, what are the expectations of your customer base? And how are you going to outwardly, outwardly demonstrate to them that you've changed your processes and procedures to make sure they're healthy? And I get back just what you gave me. Nobody really knows. Everybody seems to be totally lost other than, uh, I mean, we, we heard something about a kiosk, you know, that will be at the front door that you walk up to. It'll take your temperature. It has an automatic hand sanitizer. So it's going to take your temperature and spray your hands with sanitizer before it'll let you in the building. Now, of course, that would be, but then how do you know the building inside's better? You know, that's letting you in. You know, that's it's a great point. These are all steps that could be taken, but at the end of the day, is something like that even uh, practical in totally restoring the confidence that people are going to have to come back? I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's a great you, – you, you're, you're basically putting a, um, a point of contact on the patron coming in when – you know, maybe the uh, issues already could exist inside and need to be dealt with there also. 
Wow. Yeah, so, so as you as you said, you know, we've all been to restaurants, you know, uh, like I said, my wife works at Universal and they're they're pondering how do we reopen? What is the protocol that we're going to do? So, yeah. OK, so the tables are six feet apart. Uh, you can let so many people in. Twenty five percent of your volume can be uh, now used instead of 100 percent. So fewer people and everything. But you're still talking what you said is what about the surfaces I'm touching? Well, I, and, I think. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry about that. No, no, no. Go, 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 go. No, I, I think that you bring up a great point. I think that, you know, did, would a restaurant have, prior to the outbreak of this uh, virus, this viral outbreak, would they have used a disinfectant and, and used it properly on the touch points in the dining area as they would or should be doing in a bathroom area? And, and again, it, it could amount to something that even the frequency of doing that becomes, you know, between patrons. All I can tell you is that I'm out shopping now and, and doing things, and um, I'm starting to see, a, a, shall we say, a tempering of the fear. Um, and I'm not saying that's being replaced by confidence, but, you know, now we're starting to look at the data out there, and we're starting to get a better understanding of what this uh, viral pandemic is, is about. And I think people are starting to say that, you know, at the end of the day, we have to change what we're doing, but yet we have to still move forward also because we can't just say buttoned up on our homes forever. Right? It's just not, it's not. Realistic. Well, yeah, it, it won't work. We can't live that way. You know, so the, th the question here is, you know, I saw uh, where um, they're coming out with protocols now. Some of the people, because they're going back to opening here uh, in Florida over the next uh, few days that uh, like Costco, you cannot enter the building unless you have a mask on. So I say, okay, so that's the person coming in, the patron coming in to use a facility. That's a protocol. My question then is, are they going to be able to show me with confidence that whenever I touch surfaces in their building, their carts, um, you know, in a shopping place, you know, if I've come in to a restaurant and I'm going to pull out the chair that it hasn't, that it's been processed correctly. I'm not going to say exactly what that is right at this moment, but you know, have they done it? And to your point, what's the frequency is once a day efficient anymore. Again, that is going to be something that, that uh, issue we're going to see going forward of what people's acceptance are, what, what their comfort level is. We, we do have, and we have seen, to your point, people's behavior change. I went to, I went to a Costco myself. I went to a Wegmans uh, locally myself, and I was wearing a mask. Um, I did not opt to wear gloves because my personal belief is that the gloves are just as good a transfer agent as your hands. And, you know, my behavior's changed. I don't think... Uh, I consciously reach my face with my hands anywhere near with the frequency I used to. I'm very thoughtful about, you know, all of a sudden, is there a way to scratch your face or, you know, address that itch without touching your face? There you so, go. So this is a true, this is a two pronged situation, the patron and the establishment. We can't lay it all on one or the other, correct? Has to be. So the outward protocol for the patron is to wear the mask. 
so as we think this through and we're just you know we're just two guys talking here on live on podbean this afternoon you know working it through just like everybody else is because at some point you know our responsibility here at the academy is to come up with something um you know that is workable but yet handles both aspects and so that is my quandary as we talk about it this afternoon is how far do we as your words step it up i don't know the answer um i i think it's going to be a process where different things are tried and um the success will be measured but i think inc incremental steps will have a cumulative effect and wearing a mask uh if that if i i remember actually the first time i ever consciously saw the Japanese population wearing masks, particularly in their mass transit system, which is very densely populated, um, and that very heavily used transportation network. Okay. And, and um, ignorantly, I thought those people were afraid of getting sick. When, <laughs> when, when it turns out, a little knowledge shed light on the fact that in many cases, they were afraid or conscientiously trying not to... Um, spread any type of um, pathogens that they may admit because they may not have been feeling 100%. And, and it, you know, years later, here we are, how quickly did we go, the American population, from thinking like, you know, I'll never wear a mask to uh -huh. I'm wearing a mask. And it's not such a big thing. Yeah. And I think that in a future flu season, if I could just finish this one thought here, in a future flu season or any type of uh, situation, I think people are going to have to take um, stock and responsibility of their actions in terms of mitigating their impact on larger populations as being a, uh, a carrier, spreader, whatever, whatever the correct medical terminology is um, of colds and flus and the like. You know, I think that's a good point, Mike, because when we first started doing these afternoon sessions, back when this all started weeks ago, one of the very first questions that I got from one of my listeners was, okay, so we've went in and we decontaminated the establishment and somebody comes in and coughs. Now do I have to start all over again and be panicked because they coughed? And, you know, my response was, you know what, uh, COVID isn't the only thing that makes you cough. Uh, I can guarantee if I'm in a restaurant and there's pepper, I'm going to sneeze. Pepper makes me sneeze, okay? Uh, seasonal allergies, people come in. So watery eyes, coughing, sneezing, I think it can be caused by all kinds of things. So we're not, we're not trying to say that as we go forward, everybody panics, but this is the reason for the mask is so that we don't spew it all over everybody. Absolutely correct. And in addition, like some of the processes that you have taught over the years and you've concentrated on a lot of areas that you know, the medical community, bathrooms and in, in the uh, places of uh, common occupation like schools and restaurants and whatever, where they've had this measure of cleaning and in some places requirements of infection control, they might have to put that more uh, thoroughly through their entire um operations and and, and it's this and it's going to be this combination of factors that's going to help deal with not only this 
situation, but future situations, and that we'll be smarter about it, we'll be more proactive, and, and should get better results. Okay, so since you keep leading me to protocol, you know I'm going to have to jump on the protocol bandwagon this afternoon, don't you? I'm surprised I've held it off this this long. <laughs> okay, so before I get into this stuff, uh, I want to talk about a few things. Uh, I see we have a caller here. Uh, well, golly gee, let's go. Tell you what, before I get into that, let's see if we can take this caller and find out what's going on and what's on their mind. Hello. Hello. You're live with uh, Dave and Mike. What's the. Oh, uh, hello. I joined there you the are. podcast and I don't know what's going on. So, what are we talking about? We're just talking about infection prevention. Uh, when it's safe to go back to a restaurant, are we uh, willing and ready to uh, go in? Do, yeah. I have a question for you. Sure. Do you like music? Like, are you into music at all? Sure. We all like music at some point. Yeah. What's your favorite? Do you like the Imagine Dragons? I couldn't say I know who they are. Uh, they're a band. Mike, do you know who the Imagine Dragons are? I don't, actually. Imagine dragging these nuts across your... I knew it was something like that. You know, that's kind of one of the things, Mike, when you're live on the air. So uh, that kind of shows you. See, the thing is, I broke my policy here. You know, I usually make them type what they want to talk about before I do, but a broke policy and there's what happens. Well, you know, Dave, that um, I think I'm just going to go make myself a cocktail full of disinfectants and drink it down now. Yeah, all right. You're going to do what Trump I'm, made a blunder about doing, right? Yeah, I'm feeling empowered by the knowledge base out there. So now I want to, I want you know, and, and this brings up a very good point here. Exactly what just happened, and I think this is where I want to kind of go. And I, I thank you for making me do something here. This is the problem that we're going to have. There are too many people out there in society. They're going to pull what I'm going to say just BS right now. That is going to create issues for the rest of us. And so, you know, here we, we're talking about protocols. We're talking about doing the right thing. And there's going to be individuals. I'm just going to use some re refrain here this afternoon, Mike, that are going to create issues for other people knowingly and intentionally. And this is the problem with the, well, the, the you know, getting everybody to follow something without a regulation. Well, that's a great point, and the only thing I can tell you is that um, in light of uh, like a police force type of level of uh, oversight, you know, people, I think, left to their own devices have a way of, of taking the best course of actions for themselves and, and acting in a way collectively that benefits them. For instance... You know, going forward, as much as I'm looking forward to seeing it again, but I'm not entirely sure my first action is going to be to reach out and shake hands anymore. Correct. All these behavioral changes that we're going to make, like I said before, are incremental, but the cumulative impact, I think, will be meaningful. Does that say that everybody's going to be compliant? You know, that's part of the reason we have problems and that, that stuff gets away from us. But at the end of the day, that, that has a way of uh, – you know, being remedied by the population as a whole. 
You know, I've been in this industry long enough to have seen several of these uh, epidemics or pandemics come and go, or uh, as we would say, uh, hit the media and then wane. They don't ever go away. They just kind of wane and go in the background till the next one is more predominant. And the last one I remember that had something similar to this was when MRSA, methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, came out and became the infection of the day. And to your handshaking point, you know, we weren't doing that. I remember going to a couple of school board meetings and, you know, it was instinct that they stuck their hand out and then I wouldn't do it. And it was like they hit their head with their hand and go, oh, duh, I don't need to, I shouldn't be doing that. When I'm thinking about these protocols, this is the issue. We know with restaurants, because we've always been there, we've watched them. They have this one dip bucket that the um, person that was frying chicken now takes and comes out into the um, dining area and then starts wiping everything imaginable out of this one dip bucket. And then you're coming in and you're sitting down and putting your food, you're touching the chair, and they just wiped the bottom of the chair, the seat, and then they wipe the, the, the tabletop, and then they went to the next one, and then they wipe the trash can with it. This is going to be one of my first things that I'm going to look at. This has to stop. I totally agree. And a lot of times you go to places, and sometimes just the surface area of uh, their facilities indicate you know, how good a job they do with um, – you know, addressing the cleanliness and stuff. You, you, you will go to a place every once in a while and the, the surface area will be a little sticky and stuff like that. And you as a trainer have said that, you know, cleaning, and in this case, even infection control is a function of not only what you bring up, but what you leave behind also. So I, I think that clearly they're going to have to take measures to, to address that and, and I think that that's going to be something that's going to have to be rather visible to people to make them know that there has been a change in that very behavior. Okay, so there's something I want to kind of go over here because I've been kind of working on this a little bit. Not a whole lot, but we're working towards having a program. And I came up with some some things that, that I kind of want to run by you and see if you have any thoughts on it. Mike, are you ready? I'm listening. All right. So... Some of the things we need to do is, we, first of all, we need to understand the terms that are being used, because you and I are talking about several different things right here. And the first thing is cleaning. Cleaning is the removal of soils from the surface. That doesn't mean that we're going to use a sanitizer or a disinfectant or water or an all-purpose. You can use any one of those. But the, it's the act of removing the soils from the surface. The second one is sanitizing. And this is a step that is after cleaning. So first of all, I want to get to these terms because there are three terms. You got cleaning. You have sanitizing, which is actually killing 99.9% of what is on there as far as an infectious agent. Now, those are two different steps, but this is what we here at the Academy call a process. Now, those are for food contact surfaces. Anywhere that 
uh, you as a business owner or as a service person is going to put a food item or even it would be silverware. And some people are not clear on that. So I'm going to be very specific when we write our protocol that we're not talking just food. So this would be a tabletop. So you've got to clean it and then sanitize it because we're going to put our silverware on there, right? Sure. Okay. The next one is disinfection, which means I have to clean and then use a disinfectant. And this is done on touch points that are non-food contact. So what this means is right here at the very start, I'm going to be looking for, I know from my viewpoint, whenever I go to a restaurant and I'm looking, I'm going to be asking them possibly, you know me, Mike, I'm kind of this way. Before I sit down, do they know the difference between a disinfectant and a sanitizer? And if they don't, I might walk out. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to amend my previous answer, David, because I think uh -oh. uh, many places I've been to will no longer set the silverware on the table. They typically set it on a napkin or um, in that form of matter. Not not all places, but some places. So you have. So that. see now that we, now that now that we get to talking about it, now you start thinking about these things, right? Oh, I have been. So you know the thing is that this is we have to protect our own self. So. My, my point is, before we do anything, if that establishment doesn't understand the difference between those three terms, they're not doing any one of the three correctly, and should I be there? That, that's a question that, at the end of the day, you touched upon in your statement before by saying um, you have to protect yourself. And in doing so, you have to make decisions and that you're comfortable with, which include what places to patronize with your business. So that was my first thing is understand the terms. So the facility has to understand the terms. So you, my thing here is if they can't show that to me and have it either in writing or on a placard at their front door about the, 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 the they do these steps. And if I walk in and I see somebody with a dip bucket, I'm, I'm out of there because they don't understand the terms. They're not doing it correctly. Even if I've got my mask on, they can't. When is, a, when is a time that, and this is something that my wife and I did very early in our relationship, now over 22 years ago. She works in the food service industry. I work in the cleaning industry. I go into a, rest, a restaurant, into any food service area, and if there's not hand soap in the soap dispenser, I'm out of there. Do you know how many restaurants we walked out of? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure a fair amount. We don't do that as general public. So there's, hey, I'm just telling you, folks. If you're a restaurant owner, or you work in a food establishment, just know, Dave Thompson. When he's out, he's not going to patronize your place if there's no soap and if you don't know those three things. Now, I've got a whole list of things. Does it sound like I'll be doing much restaurant business? Could be if you find the right uh, operators and they they have a process that uh, instills confidence in you. Yeah, why not? You know, just touch upon your training uh, background, David. In the past, you've trained trained um, workers for 
places like schools and medical facilities and stuff where they had a conscientious um, need to address infection control. I'm not sure the restaurant as an industry has ever really, you know, looked at infection control. And now they're going to have to. So they're going to have to adopt a, uh, a process that's more stringent, more thoroughly understood, more um, properly executed. All the things you said on my list but i really want to break in here for just a moment folks uh we are powered by uh, a company here in um, central florida whoop, 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 there i got hey i hit my button my music button oh well what the heck i don't know can you even hear them over that music mike i can you can oh okay well hey uh, i didn't mean to hit the button there folks um we're powered by Jim's Supply here in Central Florida. They have been improving lives with cleaning supplies since 1930. They are a purveyor of, well, everything that has to do with cleaning for whatever industry that you're in. You know, what is the interesting thing? They have been overrun with a distribution channel uh, issues, just like everybody else in the country. Toilet paper, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, was a big commodity for this last month. It still will be. Um, you know, wherever you're getting your supplies from, really look at that supplier to help you with the protocols that Mike and I are talking about this afternoon. Mike, I want to talk about some other things on my list, uh, get your, your thoughts on this. Cause the thing is, is I'm going to go right after, if you don't know those three terms, you need to know them. So if you know them, use the right procedure for that. So back to that dip bucket, you know, there is a procedure for using, those terms correctly there's also using the right stuff we don't use a quaternary ammonium compound and leave that on the food service uh place so i don't want to see them using glass cleaner or tile x to clean my tabletop am i going too far no um not at all and, and it's it's surprising that you know, toilet paper uh, was such an issue because early on in the, the COVID outbreak, they talked about the fact that one of the uh, consequences wasn't any type of diarrhea or anything. It's since been added to a, uh, a potential risk factor and um, indicator. But um, I remember one news commentator said he was really worried about the fact that he walked into a supermarket and they were out of uh, toilet paper, but there was still plenty of, you know, hand soap for sale. And, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, his quip was that uh, people were focusing on the wrong things. Um, no, actually, David, we, we have to look at all of aspects, all the aspects of how things are done and, and make improvements and make changes. That's clearly what everybody's going to need. Um, and, and your training and, and the work there that, you know, people like Jem are doing and supplying people with the right products is, is a step, but if you don't take the next step, which is to make to ensure they understand the products, they, they use them effectively and the like, it's not going to produce the results they're looking for. Well, that's what you're saying. So, you know, we might have the right stuff. So let's say we've got the right stuff. Folks, there are directions. Now, if you look on the bottle of most any liquid that you use in the cleaning industry or disinfecting, sanitizing, whichever one of the three steps you're doing, there are directions. And so what I'm saying this afternoon 
is you've got to follow the protocol, the directions, which also the problem I have with most of these directions is they're, they're extremely vague in the tools. So one of the things that we're going to write in our protocol is not only understanding and what the process is and our recommendations on the right stuff and what the directions are. We're going to also talk to you about what are the right tools to use with them. Mike, you know, one of my favorite tools, that little handheld squeegee. Yep. And, and that I understand after um, sitting down, giving it a lot of thought and the, the, the science-based evidence you put behind it makes sense. It's an interesting thing. We've been doing our infection prevention class for hundreds of people uh, through remote learning here over the last, well, we're been, we've been uh, broadcasting that class about every 10 days. Actually have another class this Saturday. And one of the things that we do live on the camera is we just show them the practical way of applying your cleaner and then using a squeegee to remove it. But the one thing that we talk about, which is very interesting, we're going to write it in our protocol, folks, is rinsing. You know, here's the thing. All of the chemistry that we use when we let it air dry leaves a residue. And my point, while it is not required, and I, want to under, I, I do understand this, and since we have Mike on the line and he's with a manufacturer of chemical, I'm going to hit him with this question here in a minute, folks. But, you know, my feeling is, if I'm going to use chemistry, I also want to rinse. My whole purpose of rinsing and then using the squeegee is to leave as little as possible on that surface so that it's healthy for me. And so, Mike, you're, you know, you're with a, a manufacturer of a product, a chemical, that cleans, sanitizes, and disinfects depending on the dilution. It doesn't say that rinsing is required but it doesn't say it's not. Well, David, honestly, the uh, point you bring up about having the surface as clean as possible, if, if rinsing would enhance that result, I, I don't have any problem with it. And there are certain places and, and times when rinsing may not be that practical. So um, when you're talking about people's confidence, if you sit down at a place that's really exhibiting good hygiene and the people are trained and know what they're doing, um, you're going to get good, clean services and you're going to feel comfortable and, and safe patronizing these places. If, if, if you go back to um, you know, poor practices and, and lackadaisical um, diligence, we're dealing with this, um, that it's, it's going to work against the business owner tremendously. So you're a trainer. You're the one that actually sets up these protocols and all the products out there, including mine, are based on, on chemistry and chemicals. You're absolutely right. It's just some chemicals and chemistry is a little bit more favorable than others, and, and that is reflected in the safety ratings. And the methods of action and being that we're going to be using a lot more of these products. That oh yeah. Could be one of the things that comes into factor, you know, how, what we're using uh, has an impact on who's using it and who are they using it around. Um, and I think the thing is, is as I'm talking about restaurants this afternoon in particular, 
or any food service. And I don't want to just hit a restaurant, you know, because I'm also including, you know, cafeterias, you know, the lunchroom at a daycare center, the lunchroom at your corporate office and in your industry, you know, in your manufacturing plant, you know, any place that we're, you know, uh, consuming food. You know, I, I see these people that are spraying, fogging, misting, chemical into the air. And I'm getting a general consensus from some users that, you know, all I got to do is walk around and spray this stuff. And, you know, I can do this every day. If we keep loading the surfaces with these, this chemistry and we don't clean it properly, we're going to see another problem. That I would agree with. And that, that I think is going to be borne out over time in the way people are applying things. Um, in the areas where it's necessary and, and my thoughts are in, in the areas where it's unnecessary. It's just this um, shotgun approach to just blasting everything and creating results. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that. Well, what, you know, Mike, Mike, I'm going to just say it right here, you know, that there is a, a misleading fallacy out there that all we've got to do is walk around with these units and spray these chemicals around and everything is peachy keen. Um, it's not, it's not being effective like people perceive it to be. And quite honestly, the people that are marketing these programs in that way are doing injustice for the rest of us that are trying to follow the right protocol for not only the application, but the product itself. I would agree with that, and I think that that's going to be something that we're going to see over the course of time because uh, what this um, current pandemic has caused is a belief that the more continuous use of disinfectants is going to be necessary. And I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it's not. All I'm saying is it's, it's, it clearly is going to make people feel safer, which is going to in turn cause the uh, heightened use and continuous use. Well, Mike, we've uh, run our 45 minutes here. Uh, I thank you for jumping on this afternoon. It was kind of a hurried thing for you, but hey, you've been uh, around me enough. You've been on some of my shows. You, you kind of know that we do some things just kind of spur the moment. Dave, I appreciate the invite. I'm looking forward to uh, learning. I'm looking forward to seeing what some of the protocols you develop are and even some of the... Um, shall we say, programs you could put together that could be given out to patrons to create a warm and inviting opportunity to come back to these businesses. That's a big fear for business owners. You know, I was thinking this through uh, before we got on the air today, and I, I was thinking, you know, the, the, that we write the protocol for the establishment and they do their very best to follow and, I, and, and I, there's going to be ones that do and ones that don't. And we understand that. But, you know, I, as you say this, I think that, you know, in your menu, when you sit down at a restaurant, wouldn't it be nice to, instead of having propaganda on trying to sell you, uh, um, you know, more drinks, wouldn't it be nice to have something that shows the protocol of the way that they're taking care of things and what they're doing? rather than that would that be something that you would make you feel more comfortable when you sat down at a restaurant i'd have to say me personally probably yes well that's who i were talking to is you yep. personally there's nobody else on the line mike well 
Absolutely. I don't want. I don't want to make it seem like I'm such an authority or knowledgeable person. I speak for the, any greater um, segment of the population than myself, but or myself and my family, even for that matter. But I think we would all feel better going to a place where that was um, part of their education to us as patrons of of the, how their facility operates, much in the way that uh, a, a friend of mine. Um, has a program whereby in the state of New Jersey they're required to have their fire suppression system uh, inspected twice a year and, and you go to a place knowing that these safety measures exist and that's what makes you feel comfortable going to them. Well, you see a certificate on the wall and you see a, a, a label on the door from the health department, you know, is this what would make us feel better? And I know you don't have the answer, but this is where my mind is going as we're tasked with the uh, the great job. You know, we're very happy to be able to help people by building these protocols and stuff. But um, Mike? Well, it's funny. Real quick, David, you touched upon the health department. They, in fact, may develop some protocols and be looking for input into what they should require. I don't, again, I don't know. And it's going to be interesting to see. Well, what I've seen from health departments and some of those, they are so broad and so generic that they leave way too much to the establishment to figure out for themselves. And thus is the problem we have right now. The establishments don't know. Their business is to make food and get it out and to serve people and do it right and healthy. And uh, that's why we're tasked with the job of building the protocol in between the two and helping actually both organizations on both sides and, you know, people like yourself that manufacture and distribute product. I appreciate it. Mike, I appreciate you being on this afternoon. I've got another one here that I've got to get ready for. So uh, we're going to have to call an end to our podcast today. Folks, if you've been with me before, you know what our three words are. If you haven't, you're going to hear them again in just a little bit. I want to tell you that we have a class coming up this Saturday on infection prevention. We've got one coming up on the 12th. And then the 15th through the 22nd, we're doing our infection prevention class. We're breaking it up and putting it into five days, one and a half hours each afternoon for those people that can't commit a whole day. We've already sold nearly 100 seats on those three classes already. And May hasn't even gotten here yet. So you can see how people are coming to and getting the information, kind of like what Mike and I was talking about this afternoon. I tell you, if you want to get into one of our live remote classes, they are a certification class. They are live. We do them, broadcast them out through zoom.us. We've been doing this for years. Need to get on the uh, website. That is academyofcleaning.com. You'll go there, and there's a big tab at the top of the page. It says, find my live class. Go there, and you'll find all the classes that we have on the schedule. And I'd say bookmark that page because we're always adding more classes, well, due to client you know, demand. That's what's driving it right now. Folks, like and share us here on Podbean Live. Like and share us on, well, what, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, we are everywhere. If you haven't been to one of our classes, we look forward to seeing you through live remote. And before we leave, make sure that whatever you do between now and the next time that we talk with you, 
you make sure that it is healthy, positive, and proactive. Mike, thanks for being on. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Dave. Have a great day.